Hello, and welcome to Contemporary Perspectives on Black Homeschooling, a podcast brought to you by Black Family Homeschool Educators and Scholars, LLC. Black Family Homeschool Educators and Scholars' mission is to provide ongoing community engagement regarding Black homeschooling through the publication of scholarly and trade work on the topic and the production of community events targeting Black homeschool families and entrepreneurs engaged in the practice of Black homeschooling. We are the first U.S.-based research and education group dedicated specifically to the topic of Black family homeschooling. Today, our guest is Matthew Rankin, a former teacher, a father, and a doctoral student at Emory University. He is the recent recipient of the 2021 Dolores Aldrich Graduate Award for his research on the gendered nature of Black homeschooling efforts. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm so glad you're here. So I guess to give some context um, to who you are, my first question to you is a request for you to just give us a little backstory on what you're studying at Emory and why you decided to focus your dissertation research on Black homeschooling. Okay, great, thank you. And so uh, at Emory, um, my concentrations are in the, uh, you know, if you wanna say sectors or areas of social inequality and social psychology. But specifically for my dissertation, I am focusing on Black homeschooling efforts, as you noted earlier. But more specifically, I'm interested in the ways in which, you know, how does gender shape Black homeschooling efforts, right? Um, you know, over the past, you know, few decades, you know, whether or not you hear it in popular media or in studies, um, you know, the homeschooling population in the Black community is on the rise. And, you know, hearing that, um, hearing that, news the first time I, I you know I, I remember the vividly just you know hearing that on the radio and hearing about this this movement and I'm just like okay you know okay I sort of earmark it for a later point in time but it just always stuck with me and mm-hmm. you know when it came time to um, put to, you know piece together my dissertation proposal you know I was uh combing through just different topics that I had you know called together all throughout my you know tenure in grad school and so okay what can I really delve into deeply? What can I really sink my teeth into and what's going to really, really sustain me throughout this process and really just keep my juices flowing, keep my energy really, really high. And that was one topic that I wanted to go back to. You know, um, I tucked it away back in 2016, shortly before I enrolled. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, when it came time to actually, you know, put the pedal to the metal, so to speak, I I pulled out my pocket and I said, hey, let's go for it. Let's really, really get into it. And I'm really interested in the way in which Black homeschooling, efforts, you know, what does it look like? Who are the key players? Uh, I'm sort of asking all these questions, right? You know, who, um, how, how does it manifest? How do parents and children interact in, in their spaces? What do these spaces yeah. look like? So all these questions really are essentially bouncing off of my head or inside of my, <laughs> inside of my skull. And so <laughs> I want to figure out a way to put it, you know, put it on paper and really, really bring to light, you know, just the inner uh, intricacies of this movement and the people who are part of it. Now, I know you um, were a stay-at-home dad, or I don't know if you still are, but I know that you were an educator and a stay-at-home dad. Have you and your, your family transitioned to your own homeschooling practice, or are you looking at this um, specifically through the eyes solely as a researcher? Okay, thank you. So, um, yes, uh, I, um, I am... I was at home dad formerly uh, from 2013 to 2016. Uh, that's when my our first child was born, my son. 
who is now seven, but uh, I was at home with him for the first few years of his life. Amazing, amazing times. Whatever I think about it, I just, uh, you can't help but just, you know, but beam, right? So it's a very, very special experience. Um, so currently, um, you know, as a grad student, I guess you could say formally, I'm not homeschooling. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we now have a daughter as well. She's on the scene, uh, age two. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our son, he, he's lightning and our daughter, she's the game changer. And so um, that's pretty much how I try to just uh, think about them, how I think about them. But, um, you know, um, I you know, to answer your question, yes, as a family, we are currently, we have definitely dipped our toes in and we are wading in the waters of homeschooling as a family and as, you know, as a graduate student, right? And so that balance is not easy. <laughs> it's not an easy balance uh, trying to homeschool and trying to um, get your, your own doctoral work done also while um, balancing that with, you know, my better half, you know, she yeah. has her career, right? And so it's right. like, how do we all as a family unit and extended family unit, how do we all come together and keep this ship afloat? And uh, it's a no day is the same. I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, you you are telling you are speaking to the choir. I um <laughs> I got my doctorate last. Um, it was awarded last year, but you know, with COVID, I I just had my graduation this year because um I actually um, defended my dissertation the week of um closings, quarantining. So oh. um, Friday the 13th or in March last year. Okay. And so my, so I do not have babies like you do. Um, my, well, she will always be my baby, but my only child, um, I homeschooled her off and on for 13 years. So I was homeschooling while my doctoral studies. So I can, I cannot actually imagine um, homeschooling two little people, little, little, little people. Um, <laughs> While in, doc, in, in graduate school, because my daughter was I homeschooled her through high school. So at this age, very self-directed. She was dual enrolled in community college at the time. So hats off to you and your wife, because I, I can only imagine um, all of the struggles. But I can also imagine, um, and especially with your background in education, you wanting to apply many of the strategies and things that you um you found helpful as a, a, a teacher before you had your children and definitely now as a scholar. So that leads me to my, my next question because I, you know, I did some, some digging um, to try to, I was very pleased to come across the news of your award. Um, and, and I love just seeing black researchers focusing on black homeschooling because as I'm sure you know now in the, in the midst of your research that there really is a dearth of, there, there's not much at all when compared to um, homeschooling um, that white families engage in. There's really not comparable research on the practice of black families who homeschool. Definitely not um, a, a lot of things from the voices of the homeschoolers themselves, but definitely not a lot on the different practices that we engage in. And your dissertation topic on the gender nature of homeschooling is fascinating to me. Um, and so I came across a blog post that you wrote, and I think you were still in the midst of homeschooling your first baby when he was a toddler. Um, I forget the name of the blog, but there was something, you wrote it in 2016, um, the, the blog post was titled Homeschooling as a Supplement Series, um, Educational Philosophies and Ideals. Um, and you said your educational philosophy serves as the extension of your parenting philosophy. 
And I thought, I love that. Um, and I would love for you to, um, to talk about or give a little bit more context as to what you mean with that. And did you find this in your research or have you been finding it in your research? I don't know if you finished your research and you're in the writing phase, but did you find where um, this adage it really applied also to homeschooling? Okay, thank you. Uh, well, first, I want to say congratulations to you for defending uh, oh, you. Yeah. The Friday the 13th, which is actually a lucky day for you. So, um, uh, yes, thank you. you. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, to that to that point, um, I, I definitely do see um, homeschooling as an extension of parenting. And to your earlier points, the idea that, you know, all of the things that I've learned as an educator myself, I had the chance to, I had the privilege of working in uh, public schools, private schools, lower school, middle school, not high school, <laughs> not high school, uh, high school kids <laughs> kind of scare me a little bit, but, um, but, uh, but no, I had the chance to work at different age brackets, different demographics, and, uh, you know, essentially just different um, class backgrounds and schools with different resources and stuff. But that to be, you know, that being said, all those experiences collectively, to this day shape me, they influence me. Um, and in many ways I see education and parenting having this uh, parallel in the sense that I, I take them very personally. Mm -hmm. um, now for some people, like I said, I'm not, this is no um, judgment against anyone, but for some people possibly education or teaching is a job. Uh, like I said, that's no knock against those who do, but for me, I never saw it as that. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like when you're in that space, when you're an educator, um, whether you're in a formal classroom or like me or at home, Mm -hmm. There is this, um, I don't know, there, there's this uh, sort of intangible sort of uh, air or quality about being in that role and what that means, the big responsibility when you have, you know, several eyes on you or when um, the idea that, but at the same time, knowing that you can still be authentically, you know, human and be yourself mm -hmm. and seeing seeing the people, you know, in the classroom with you as I don't, I never, I never, so basically go back to the parenting, parenting philosophy. Um, I, my wife and I, you know, we definitely have old school upbringings, old school values, but for the most part, we definitely try to put our own spin on how we want to parent. Um, we definitely try our best to, if you want to use the, the phrase progressive or, you know, new age <laughs> parenting styles, but, you know, sort of a hybrid, right? We still try to sort of maintain the old school foundational values that definitely forms the crux of what we do, how we What speak. does that mean? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but when you say old school, what do you mean? Yeah, you're right? such a young person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, you know, my parents, you know, um, you know, may they rest in peace. They, uh, they, you know, both of them grew up in very, very traditional households, right? Mm -hmm. They both come, I, uh, they both come from very big families. My mom, she was one of 15, my dad's one of 11, right? And so, oh, both, wow. yeah, both, both born in the South, both had very, very, um, if you want to say just sort of traditional um, households with, you know, you know, mother and father there. And, uh, and, you know, those, when I say old school values, I'm talking more so just the idea of, you know, the idea of respect, courtesy, um, integrity, being, mm -hmm. um, being, you know, being held accountable. Um, the idea of you, you know, look out for one another, right? Look out for your family, look out for your friends, being truthful, being honest. So they, they may seem like very, very universal, um, you know, values that people of all walks of life may, may espouse. But, you know, when I think old school, I think just more so the idea of, you know, towing that line, right, between, yes, you know, we are, younger parents, we are quote unquote progressive parents or new age parents, uh, if you will. But at the same time, we are still your parents, <laughs> you know? And so right, right, right. Um, just really, really towing that line and really, really finding that balance between, yes, um, we don't want you to fear us as authoritarians, but more so walk alongside us and allow, allow 
us to guide you and we're gonna allow you to guide us along this journey as well. And we're here to support you as our children. And one day there will be a time when you know, we're going to let go and let you guys take and take the reins. And so that's what I say about the old school, more so kind of the idea of just like that kind of a traditional, just, um, you know, the value set, so to speak. Right. But it also sounds like you've done quite a lot of work in pulling the, the parts of, of parenting and, and being an educator from different generations that you find. Um, I love that word call because it reminds me of like of curating you've you've kind of found what works um what has worked but what i'm hearing what i is that you're you haven't stated um forthrightly but what i'm hearing is that um what this what leads all of this is the respect of the humanity that you have for your children so it's when you said it's not authoritarian is that there's good in what prior generations has have done in establishing respect for each other, but it doesn't come at the cost of invoking fear or corporal um, behaviors and things like that. And I think that in itself is what makes it um, quite progressive is that you found value in a lot of the older strategies, I think, especially when you think of the black community, you know, you think of, <laughs> um, the, the, the mother, the, the teachers that call the parents on the phone, you know, <laughs> how yeah. the whole neighborhood knows your child and has the, <laughs> and yes. has, has the authority to say something to them. But I, I, I hear and I appreciate that what you're saying is that it's all of that, but it also is um, and this emphasis on the humanity of the child as well. And so... That's- yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And um, I guess like you said, it's sort of like that idea of like, the I, I definitely am a firm believer in the idea of the, the village mentality, right? That, you know, mm-hmm. it takes a village to raise a child. And, uh, you know, in many ways, it could take um, a village to help just fortify, you know, a family and a family's idea about who they are in the world and how they interact with other people and how they see other people and, mm-hmm. you know, really, really developing an understanding of oneself and ourselves as, mm-hmm. you know, social agents in this world and just trying to find trying to find our way through it and navigating it together um and uh, i think like i said going back to the idea of education pulling together everything whether it be for my own familial um upbringing my other my, my um teaching uh stints at different schools whether it be in the in affluent neighborhoods or mm-hmm. in um you know in schools that you know may have lack resources but you could pull something from everything you could pull right. something from every location and every experience every interaction so i yeah. respect respecting yes the respect is there for my family my children but also respecting those who I've taught in the past and how Mm -hmm. they impacted me too as well Mm -hmm. so I'll answer the first question in terms of how I got to that topic right so you know dating back to like I said the spring of 2016 where I first heard that um segment on uh, public radio about the uh the rise of homeschooling you know here in America among black families and it's always stuck with me just the idea that um in the research you know is very very uh forward in terms of talking about how particularly black boys are treated in uh, public institutions, public schools, or even prep, uh, prep schools or private schools or parochial schools. Um, um, and sort of the idea of, you know, the black male or the black boy being mistreated in school, very, very well known, very, very popularized. So that's, um, you know, that stuck with me, just hearing the parents talk about, you know, how they just didn't like the way their kids, be, their kids are being treated. Um, but as I sort of tucked that idea in my back pocket way back when, as time rolled on, though, I was really interested in the ways in which, you know, how, you know, clearly it's not only Black boys being homeschooled, right? I mean, you have, you know, families with uh, multiple children, and you know, or maybe just all girls or just maybe have a daughter. And so I'm, I'm really interested in just 
how does I was really interested in the idea of meaning, right? Like, what, what does it mean for um, Black homeschooling parents, mothers and fathers, to homeschool a Black child, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, with, and sort of going broader than that, or more um, in depth than, you know, more in depth, what does it mean to homeschool a Black boy? And what does it mean to homeschool a Black girl? Mm-hmm. Are there commonalities? Or if there are nuances or differences, ah. what are they? And how does it come from? And, and so in terms of the focus, yes, it, um, my research is focusing more so on the, um, the vantage point of the mothers and fathers. Um, but I'm also interested, not solely how they see it, but I'm interested in sort of interactions, right? Like how how as a black homeschooling mother, how do you see the homeschooling experience, you know, for your black son and daughter? And what are sort of the ways in which you go about, um, you know, relaying those messages, right? Um, the idea of, you know, gendered racial socialization, right? A lot of black parents, you know, racially socialize their kids through the vehicle of homeschooling, right? And so what does that look like on the part of mothers? For fathers, for example, while the research shows and not only the research, but even, um, you know, my own uh, data, data collection, I'm seeing, you know, mothers are definitely, um, you know, predominate that space in terms of being yes. a primary homeschooling parent. Mm-hmm. However, Black fathers do play a role. And I want to magnify, I want to magnify the, uh, the um, you know, the partnerships, right? How, how do how do families come together and make this work? Because even while one given parent, or let's say the father, for example, might not be the primary instructor, right. he's providing support in other ways, whether it be financially, uh, you know, emotionally, uh, yes, just being there as a support system, and even if it's the grandparents or, or aunts and uncles. So I'm interested in just the partnerships and how Black parents go about creating this enterprise in their households. And again, how do fathers see it? What's their role? How do they see the homeschooling of their, of their Black sons and their Black daughters? And those sort of uh, if you will, how do gender sort of combine between the different actors in this household? Yes. And what is, what is that, how does that manifest into actually, you know, the motivations for homeschooling, the uh, curricular choices, the instructional methods? Those are my core three, um, you know, my pillars, right? Uh, in mm-hmm. terms of motivation, curriculum, and instruction. How do those play out? And how does gender shape parents' approaches to those things and how they perceive them and how they go about actually, you know, conducting that um that work in their households that's amazing have you um are you still in the midst of your research or um have you already um completed your your data collection and you're now writing yeah so i am definitely teetering towards the end of data collection more so in terms of the mothers that i want to speak to i'm trying i'm definitely still trying to um you know uh, garner more fathers for the research and so um but you know, I, I can't wait for the writing phase, right? I can't wait to, to, to dive into that qualitative um, data to really, really, uh, you, know, since, you know, we're still kind of in the midst of COVID when this is starting, right? And so, right. My dad, yeah, and so I got, talk to, got a chance to talk to a lot of uh, parents by way of Zoom or by phone. And it was really, really interesting just to hear, excuse me, I love hearing the stories. I love hearing mm-hmm. how you came into this, this way of life and this way of being, because kind of like teaching in a traditional setting, well, I won't say traditional setting, but kind of like teaching in the sense of in a in the uh, the job sector, right? Mm-hmm. But even though I mean, whether it's at home or on the job, many teachers will tell you, especially those who love their work and who are really good at it, they'll say, you know, this is a way of life. This is not a job. This is, you know, yeah, I work in a building or I work in an institution, but this is my life. This is what right. I do. Right. And so I'm interested in how the parents, how they do it, right? Quote unquote, how do they do homeschooling? How do they live it? How and how does it um shape all facets of their lives for them and for their children. Well, I I can tell you that we will definitely, I hope 
that you will return for part two to give us the rundown of what you find when you do dive into your um, your data and, and you start writing because I think that this is fascinating and I think that your voice as a, a Black man is so, um, so valuable because that... Even when, even when we think of gendered, I think even the research on homeschooling, um, particularly on Black homeschooling is so gendered is that, you know, we definitely have um, my colleague, Dr. Phil Smith, who is the most prolific when it comes to Black homeschooling in general, but even subsequent researchers like myself and, and other people are mainly, are typically women. And so it just is wonderful to have um, a man, a, a Black man come in and the things that you're addressing and looking at, I think, are so valuable. As you were talking, I was thinking of my own homeschooling journey with my daughter and how, yes, definitely, you know, first and foremost, I was the, <laughs> and, and my partner will tell you that he trusted me um, entirely with leading our homeschooling practice. But um, I would say for the entirety of homes, um, homeschooling for high school, that my daughter, he and my daughter, had more of the at-home engagement in terms of what um, she was focused on because it was more self-directed. Mm. He is a musician um, and, and she is as well. And with his guidance, she taught herself how to play multiple instruments. Um, they produced music together, she did music theory, um, and just a lot of the things that she was able to jump into on her own as a high schooler that's pretty much when dad stepped in and in their relationship and it, it, it much more involved than when she was in, um, you know, elementary school. So I, I'm really excited about your research. I'm really excited to see what um, what the family say. Do you have a goal for your data set? How many folks are you talking to? Yeah. So my goal is to have, you know, 30 mothers, 30 fathers. Oh, okay. um, like I said, yeah. So um, if I can get that done, that'd be amazing. Like I said, if, if in the event that the numbers don't pan out that way, you know, ultimately what I want to do is at the end of the day, I want to make sure that I can bring forth the voices of the Black homeschooling mothers and fathers in a very, very comparable way. Uh, I want this to be a, um, I, I just, I want it to be a situation where the parents are really, really able to tell their story and to really, I want to, I want to be a vehicle through which the Black homeschooling experience can be magnified. And I want to do it respectfully. I want to honor what the parents are telling me and what they're, um, you know, even, or what the kids are telling, what the kids are telling them and how they can kind of relay that information right. in terms of, and so, um, like you said, there's a dearth of research on it. And so I, I see it, I saw it as a very, very ripe opportunity to, yes. you know, um, you know what, in what way as a, you know, a budding scholar, what, in what way can I add to this conversation or, you know, or advance the conversation and what right. can I do? What, what role can I play? And so this, I think this sounds like, yeah, this sounds like a great start. Are you looking to continue this pathway of research after you graduate or um, you, you, you haven't thought that far yet? Yeah, I think, um, you know, definitely i mean it's a, it's a part of me now right, it's, right. <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's a part of me now so like i said I, i'm not exactly sure um the exact route right. i will right. take right. in terms of um you know um extending this work but i do know that i want to you know continue in this vein like i said even at whether as a scholar whether as a you know a, you know, a living breathing uh homeschooling right. parent <laughs> homeschooling parent <laughs> you know um in that in that respect too as well and so um, I definitely think that's something that's very valuable. And uh, I see I see Black homeschooling as 
in many ways, um, don't want to use too lofty language here, but I, I do see it as, as a way as a uh, very, very revolutionary um, act and a way of thinking and ethos. And so um, whatever I can do to, uh, to add to this conversation, you know, I just want to um, just do my part. That's wonderful, Matthew. So as we close down, um, I, I want to ask you, do you have um, a contact or it, for those listening who may want to be a part of your study, um, do you have any way that they can get in contact with you for your call for um, study participants? Sure. Yes. Thank you for, um, for um, asking me. Yes. So um, if you are interested in whether just to learn more about the study um, from more of a, uh, an interest standpoint, or if you actually want to be a part of the study, if you're curious about being a part of this effort, uh, you can email me at matthew.rankin at emory.edu. So that's Matthew with two T's, <laughs> dot Rankin, R-A-N-K-I-N, um, at emory.edu. And you could also call me um, at 678-826-2921. And so once again, it's 678-826-2921. And uh, I said, feel free to uh, call, email, or leave a voicemail or a text. And I would love to uh, get back to you as soon as possible. And uh, I just, you know, the uh, homeschooling community here in uh, Metro Atlanta has been incredibly supportive. I can't speak um, highly enough of the of the reception that I've had from those who are part of this community. And so, thank you. I'm just I want to sing their praises right now. You know, <laughs> those who've, you know, um, I've been able to work with. And so, please do. Like I said, if you have, if you're interested, uh, feel free to contact me. Awesome. And so thank you, Matthew, for being part of Black Family Homeschool Educators and Scholars podcast, excuse me, Contemporary Perspectives on Black Homeschooling. For those listening, you can learn more about us at blackfamilyhomeschool.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you.